On March 16, 2000, two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta. Jamil Alamine, a Muslim leader and former black power activist, was convicted. But the evidence was shaky, and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial. My name is Mosi Secret, and when I started investigating this case in my hometown, I uncovered a dark truth about America. From Tinderfoot TV, Campside Media, and iHeart Podcasts, Radical is available now. Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. In the next version of the secret FBI Biggie Files, for me, this is where it starts to get interesting, complex, and a little bit dangerous. In a continuation of the previous episode, FBI agent Phil Carson is outlining to his FBI bosses the confidential informants, confidential sources, and also witnesses to interview. And that is a key point and something that really needs to be clarified for anyone who still buys into the bullshit theories that are put on the internet. Phil Carson, as an FBI agent, did an investigation. And he talked to many informants, sources, and witnesses. But he also did not get a chance to work with the United States Attorney and use the full might and resources of the federal government. For example, on the following documents, Phil Carson lists David Kenner, Shug's lawyer, as someone he wanted to interview. And that is the key word, wanted. An FBI investigation is done in a very sophisticated manner, along with the guidance of a United States attorney who you consult with as you move forward and build the case. It's a marriage. The U.S. Attorney's Office, David Vaughn, who was the AUSA on this case, he came over from the District Attorney's Office and came over to the federal side. Um, and then Tom O'Brien, who, uh, who was actually at the DA's office, who I started off the Paul Merrill's case and was a good friend, I could kind of see our relationship changing because he knew every time I took a step forward in this case, it was causing, you know, the, the, um, the LAPD to get pissed off about it. And Tom definitely had aspirations, uh, cause we had talked about it numerous times of having a political career and you're not going to get anywhere in your political career here in Los Angeles. I don't care who you are. If, uh, if you're not in good graces with the LAPD and the LAPD union, because they are powerful, very powerful. As an FBI agent, you are in lockstep, or you should be, with your federal prosecutor. And each move presented has to be strategic. So you can symbiotically create a presentation that will go to a jury at trial. Now, if you really drill down, the story of this case, this homicide, the saddest part is that the power players at the LAPD never allowed anyone free reign to investigate the case. And ultimately, Phil Carson was also blocked from pursuing this case at the highest levels. The documents I have are black and white, but they also are tools that show ultimately 
so many pieces of evidence and individuals who were never confronted to talk or subpoenaed to talk on what they knew about the homicide on March 9th of 1997. Now, one caveat. In the world that any FBI agent steps into, they're red herrings. There's a hiding and misdirection of truth from individuals. And let's be clear, these documents are not gospel, but they do show the directions they were looking in and what people who were insiders of death row, the LAPD, and this dark underworld were saying transpired. These documents contain information from at least 15 people, 15 sources of information, all different. Not one informant, not one source or witness. The reason I'm pretty positive, uh, like 99.9% sure, who orchestrated the murder and who killed Biggie, it's not based on one person like Teresa Swan, okay? It's based on numerous, seven or eight different informants, numerous operations, numerous analysis on, on people's phones. It's on surveillance. It's on looking into people's companies. Okay? It's talking to people that were involved with death row records. It's, it's talking to, to other police officers. There's an entire case on that. It's not based on one person. So here we go. And this is going back to the actual reporting in the documents. It is alleged from several sources that Suge Knight owed Tupac millions of dollars from royalties and that Tupac was soon going to be leaving death row and was going to blow the whistle on Suge and his drug activities. From many sources, Suge made it look like L.A. Crips committed both the Tupac and Biggie murders. Allegedly, Suge Knight was involved in the killing of Tupac in Vegas, even though Suge was driving the car when Tupac was shot. Confidential informant number one, Kevin Hackey, a bodyguard for Tupac and former Compton PD officer for 14 years. He worked for Death Row, who Tupac told about this owing of millions and that he was going to leave and take unreleased songs worth millions with him. Kevin Hackey is willing to talk with Ryder, which means Kevin Hackey was willing to talk with Phil Carson. He believes Suge and his people were involved in the Biggie killing and made it look like retaliation for the Tupac killing. Confidential informant one used to work with Reggie Wright Jr., at the Compton PD, but now dislikes him very much. Surprising. The CI can show Carson how LAPD officers got paid under the table while working for death row. I was the undercover agent for the FBI for four years for death row records in regards to racketeering investigation. My supervisor was Dan McMullen, uh, the FBI Wilshire office. Uh, Dan is, I believe, now in Seattle, which you can verify. John Sicioni, the uh, ATF agent, was also my supervisor. My job, as I said, was to infiltrate death row for racketeering violations. There was another officer from Long Beach PD who worked undercover. Subsequently, Reggie Wright was my partner. I've known Reggie for many years. 
based upon that, that's why I was called in to do this investigation. Now, there's always been the speculation around Kevin Hackey and his credibility. Well, I know for a fact from Sergio Robledo that Kevin Hackey sold his security company for millions of dollars. So does that sound like an uncredible individual or someone that knows what he's doing is a sharp businessman? And here he is coming to Phil Carson to talk. CI number two, Mark Highland, a bookkeeper states he transported money from L.A. to Phoenix to pay for the Biggie killing. He states Perez, Mack, Nino Durden, Suge, and other LAPD officers were in a meeting with him at Fritz's in Bellflower with other death row associates to plan the hit on Biggie. They talked about getting guns together when one of the officers made a reference like we do at Rampart. In, uh, in February of 96, um, several LAPD officers, including um, Rafael Perez, Nito, uh, Durden, and David Mack, um, were at Fritz's in Balfour, which is a gentleman's club, a, a topless bar. And at that meeting was also um, a gentleman, uh, a, a rapper, um, Suge, Suge Knight, and some of his other associates and everything. And there was, in a nutshell, there was there was a hit taken out on um, Notorious B.I.G. Now, this is someone who I'm going to try and track down, this Mark Highland. He has an interesting story, but again... I'm not going to say this is gospel, but it's in the FBI report. CI number three, you might recognize this name, James Lloyd, or AKA Little C's. He's in the car with Biggie and saw the shooter who killed him. He gave composites that matches exact description of Amir Muhammad, including what he was wearing and the car he drove. CI number four, Eugene Deal, or Big Gene bodyguard he had a conversation with puffy combs just prior to the biggie murder he picked out amir muhammad in a six-pack as someone who went to puffy's car before the murder he states amir was wearing a blue suit with a bow tie white shirt brown skin and a receding hairline he stated nobody at the lapd has ever shown him a picture of amir a pi made a video recording of this interview. It's interesting. CI number four stated he had to pull Amir away from Puffy so he will never forget his face. This is exactly the same description others give of the shooter. I had him to a tee before um, P called me that morning. He said, a guy in the nation of Islam shot big and i said yo dog he had the blue suit blue bow tie white shirt peanut head receding hairline brown skin he was like yeah dog how you know i said a nigga came up to me first i said he came to us first he walked up the puff van and i got him off now this is interesting he lists a ci5 and he lists the name snoop dog 
This is a piece of news. He says Snoop Dogg states in an L.A. sheriff document that Suge Knight killed Biggie. Lieutenant Brad Walker from Universal Substation has his name at the top of this document that the L.A. sheriffs put together. CI number six, who he doesn't list a name, in February of 1998, picks out David Mack as being someone always seen at death row functions. In May of 1998, the CI states he has knowledge regarding the Biggie killing and asked to speak with the assistant DA and the CI is denied. So just so we're clear, a CI here listed as number six picked out David Mack as being someone who was always at death row functions. He wanted to give this information to the assistant DA in Los Angeles, and they didn't entertain this at all. A CI number seven in September of 1998 meets with LAPD chief Bernard Parks and asks to investigate Mack's involvement of the Biggie shooting, which he is already investigating. CI-7 is told no by Parks. Parks specifically told CI-7 not to write any reports regarding Mack's involvement. The CI provided Ryder, which is Carson, with all three of Miss Wallace's attorneys and the 10 eyewitnesses they plan to call or depose in the federal civil lawsuit against the LAPD. So obviously CI number seven is Russ Poole. And again, just listen to this. 10 eyewitnesses that they, the family of Biggie, had planned to call or depose in the federal civil lawsuit. They have tried everything or done everything to avoid the truth in the matter. And uh, I still, in my heart, believe that these types of clues and these types of statements made by witnesses need to be thoroughly followed up on. And uh, I honestly believe that uh, the players that we're talking about, uh, David Mack and Amir Muhammad, are somehow involved in this case. And the department, time and time again, has avoided the truth. So now he goes back and he talks about Hacky again, confiscated a 40 caliber Glock from Rightway Securities while working a death row function and gave it to Reggie Wright Jr. prior to the Tupac killing. CI does not know what happened with this gun. Just a note, the 40 caliber gun was used to kill Tupac. CI 10, Gregory Young, AKA G Money, was in the car with Biggie, saw the suspect, helped with the composite drawing. Now, in this next phase, he starts to go into some information on Perez, information on Gaines, and this is interesting. The scandal now tearing at the criminal justice system was launched by the confessions of a former cop, Rafael Perez. Charged with stealing and selling eight pounds of cocaine in 1998, Perez has implicated himself and other officers in order to reduce a possible 14-year sentence. So, 
When Rafael Perez pled guilty and stated he would provide information regarding other corrupt LAPD officers, he not once talked about the following. So just to set this up, again, when Perez came forward and they made him the fall guy on Rampart, he had to tell investigators all of the crimes and all of the information. And you would think these investigators would ask about the following. He did not, and this is Perez, did not talk about the Kevin Gaines road rage killing involving Frank Liga. He didn't talk about David Mack's bank robbery and the others involved. No, two days after Mack robbed the Bank of America for $722,000, Perez and Mack are in Las Vegas together staying at a $1,500 a night suite. Word is Mack has the money hidden somewhere in Puerto Rico. Perez is Puerto Rican and has been known to hang out there. The six kilos of cocaine Perez stole and pled guilty to, which started the whole Rampart investigation. Also, Perez was implicated in stealing one pound of cocaine from a Frank Liga case in retaliation for Liga killing Kevin Gaines, his blood gang member buddy. Perez allegedly did this to make Liga in the case Liga had look bad and hopefully have him found guilty. That case was clearly set up to set me up because I killed Gaines and got away with it. And that's a fact. That's not my speculation. Russ thought that. The department even thinks that. In the, in the, in the cocaine uh, theft investigation, they, the department, the RHC determined, Tyndall and Hohan determined that that cocaine was stolen in an attempt to set me up in retaliation against killing Gaines. He has never talked about his involvement in death row records, and CIs have numerous pictures with Perez, Mack, and other LAPD officers with Suge Knight at death row functions. I'm always traveling, always on the road, and the first thing I do whenever I get settled into a new city is I DoorDash items I know I can't live without, and it almost feels like home. Water, alcohol, a charger from my phone, snacks, food from delicious local restaurants, and breakfast in the morning because you can't cook when you're living in a hotel. DoorDash, your door to more. So download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything from pet food to snacks to neck braces, alcohol, toothpaste, Joy-Con controllers for you gamers out there, pretty much anything. You can get it. You must be 21 plus to order alcohol and drink responsibly. Alcohol is only available in select markets. DoorDash. Go download it. Come on. Get it done. Immerse yourself in the fascinating tale of Song of Solomon by the legendary Pulitzer Prize winning author, Toni Morrison. A mesmerizing coming-of-age masterpiece that has captivated readers around the world. Follow the protagonist, Milkman Dead who was born shortly after a neighborhood eccentric hurled himself off a roof in a vain attempt at flight. For the rest of his life, Milkman 2 will be trying to fly. As Morrison follows Milkman on a quest to uncover his roots and himself in his Rust Belt hometown to the place of his family's origins, she introduces an entire cast of strivers and Cirruses, liars, and assassins 
the inhabitants of a fully realized black world. As the New Yorker put it, Morrison moves easily in and out of the lives and thoughts of her characters, luxuriating in the diversity of circumstances and personality. Whether you're a seasoned reader or new to Toni Morrison, Song of Solomon is a must-read that will ignite your imagination and leave you wanting to read more Morrison. Song of Solomon, a timeless tale that will stay with you long after you've turned its final page. Available now at TonyMorrison.com and wherever books are sold. Now, the biggie killing. Here's what Carson is saying. Perez told the LAPD nothing on any of these five areas. DA Gil Garcetti states in an interview, they were very disappointed in this and the FBI Rampart investigation never addressed these issues either. Now note, Perez only spoke of planting of a gun in the cover-up shooting of Javier Ovando. Perez stated Durnan, his partner, shot first and then planted the gun on Ovando. Durnan tells a different story implicating Perez. Perez implicated 70 officers as being involved in Rampart. Only two, Perez and Durden, were ever found guilty. Five officers were fired and seven resigned. Perez also failed five different polygraphs administered by the LAPD. The FBI was never allowed to polygraph Perez or Durden. The following is a list of persons associated with death row records and their value to solving what law enforcement officers were involved in the Biggie shooting. So he has a list. It's got sugar on it. It's got David Kenner. Deputy District Attorney Larry Longo was in charge of overseeing Suge Knight's probation. He's alleged to have rented a Malibu home to David Kenner. Suge Knight actually lived in the home. Longo's daughter, Gina, was the first white artist signed to death row. Longo has since been suspended from the District Attorney's office for conflict of interest and may have been recently Fire. For those of you who don't know who Lawrence Longo is, Lawrence Longo was the number two district attorney uh, back between 93, 94, 95. Uh, basically, that's how Suge Knight basically had 16, 17 felony convictions, of course, and never went to prison. Lawrence Longo was on Mr. Knight's payroll. Again, Larry Longo, a name you might have heard, is a deputy district attorney. This is not some joker, okay? Shook staying at his house. George Price, spokesman for death row. Norris Anderson, general manager and brother-in-law of Suge Knight. Sharitha Knight, ex-wife of Suge Knight and headed up one of Suge's management companies. David Controck, he's a former accountant for death row. He admitted to stealing 4.5 million from Suge, allegedly was coerced by intimidation by Suge Knight and David Kenner to sign a confession. He was scared for his life and currently is in hiding. Now the next name, Michael Harris, Harry O, a bounty hunter gang member. 
At this time, he was serving 27 years in prison for sales of narcotics and attempted murder. In a taped interview, he admits fronting $1.5 million in drug money to Suge Knight to start death row. Kenner actually defended Harris on unrelated drug case in 89. While in jail, Harris states he felt Kenner and Suge Knight lied to him and had him squeezed out of death row. What I've suggested to David and Suge is that I do not include my name in the corporation and that these guys could go ahead and do the actual upfront managing and representing of the company. Kenner started off as my guy watching my back, supposedly, and Lydia was also there to represent my percentage of GF Entertainment, which we decided would be the parent company of Death Row. Lydia Harris is on this list. Yafu Fula. The witness to Tupac's murder in Vegas was found shot to death in East Orange, New Jersey, shortly after Tupac's murder. It's a key witness who was involved in Tupac's shooting. According to Richard Conti, an Orange, New Jersey PD officer, a 16 and 17 year old subjects have been arrested for Fula's murder. Now, he starts to give information about Amir Muhammad, a.k.a. Harry Billups, in these FBI docs. His date of birth, 05-4-1960. His social security number is in here, but I'm not going to give that out. His last address is in here. I'm not going to give that out. So, a CI of the LAPD told them the shooter's name of Biggie was Amir, Ashmir, or Abraham. The witness of the shooting IDs Amir wearing a suit and bow tie the night of Biggie's murder. Other witnesses state a light-skinned male with a suit and bow tie was walking towards a dark SS Impala where the shooting occurred. Surveillance video shows the night of the murder, a male with the same height and weight as Amir on the property where the shooting occurs. It's a key point, surveillance video. We know there was surveillance video there. They got cars up and that cost hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars in that museum. What the first thing they're gonna make sure there's working? They security cameras, inside and outside. You're gonna tell me there was a bank across the street that they didn't get the, the LAPD, or didn't get the footage from the nearby places when it was told to them that car was parked on that corner all night. LAPD's sketch of the shooter is a dead ringer for Amir. Suge Knight and Reggie Wright Jr., who ran right-way security for death row, knew Amir. Reggie Wright Jr. ran death row for Suge while he was incarcerated for his parole violation in the beating of Orlando Anderson. Now, he's got some information here on David Mack. He says he's affiliated with the same religious group as Amir. Amir is the godparent to both of Mack's children, convicted of the bank robbery, which has never been found. The money's never been found. After the bank robbery, a search of Mack's house shows evidence linking him to Biggie's murder had a shrine in his garage of Tupac. 
Erilyn Romero, the girlfriend of Mac, was an accomplice to robbery and confessed that her and Mac were involved in this. We uh, continue questioning her, and she wants to tell us uh, who the suspect is, but she just has a very difficult time. Um, when she tried to pronounce the name, uh, to say it, she stuttered, she stammered, really had a difficult time. At this point, we had shown her bank surveillance photographs of the suspect. Uh, she reached into her purse and withdrew a business card. She placed the business card down next to one of the surveillance photographs depicting uh, the suspect, uh, and she pointed to both, at which time I picked it up, and it was a Los Angeles Police Department business card. and saw that it was a person by the name of David Mack, which, needless to say, shocked us. It literally, it took our breath away. She's never been interviewed regarding Mack's possible involvement in the Biggie shooting. It's a good point. Second suspect of the robbery, never identified, could be Amir. Mac will not or has not stated who the second suspect is. Mac is a registered owner of a 1995 black SS Impala with chrome wheels. Now this is, this is really important. Mac took a family illness days before and after the bank robbery. Well, guess what? He also did this before and after the Biggie shooting. Mac never did this at any other time when he worked at the LAPD. He might have done this to plan both events. The fact that David Mack took family illness days off prior, just prior to the Biggie Smalls case, which indicates there was there had to be some what of some planning. The first person to visit Mac, we know this in jail after the robbery was Amir. Witnesses state that Mac was present at the Peterson Automotive Museum party the night of Biggie's murder. Here's some, this is some interesting stuff we're gonna talk about here. Mac used LAPD radios during the robbery and knew how police would respond. A search of Mac's house discovered LAPD equipment used in the bank robbery, which would have been highly useful in coordinating the Biggie murder. The day after the Biggie shooting, LAPD interviewed a CI who implicates Mac in the murder. Shots were fired in front of the building where Biggie was killed. There was lots of off-duty police officers who were present when the shots were fired, leaving no LAPD officers when Biggie is shot. Very professional, same as the bank robbery. This has allowed the Biggie killer to strike at the right time with no officers around. Mac is an admitted mob Pyru blood gang member. A search warrant on Mac's house found five nine millimeter handguns and numerous rounds of ammunition, some being Gecko nine millimeter, the same round that killed Biggie that's rarely found in the US. No ballistics to compare what killed Biggie and what was found in Mac's garage has been performed. Other possible suspects with Mac at the bank robbery is a Devin Sykes, who was with Mac's wife when she picked up his vehicle from Parker Center. He showed up at Mac's house when the search warrant was executed. That's interesting. Devin Sykes. Remember that name, Devin Sykes. Mac has a half-brother, Dale Williams, who is a Compton Pyru Blood gang member like Mac. Williams was arrested in a Redondo Beach sting operation. 
he admitted to Detective Tyndall he stole vehicles for Mac's activities. He also admitted to stealing the van from Mac prior to the bank robbery and parking it in Mac's garage. Mac, Gaines, and Rafael Perez were all best friends. Mac and Perez were partners at the LAPD working crash. Mac shot a suspect dead who was about to shoot Perez. Perez allegedly has stated he owes his life to Mac and would do anything for him. You know, he, he killed, he shot somebody that was about ready to shoot and kill Perez. And that's why Perez is so indebted to him and will basically take anything to the grave and never dive out Mac on anything. David Mack is the godparent to Sammy Martin's child. Both Mac and Amir are Muslims who went to college together in Oregon. Continuing, when Suge Knight's felony probation was revoked and he was sent back to prison, he immediately aligned himself with the Muslims, deposited money in the accounts of all blood gang members. The following is a list of law enforcement officers who work security for right-way security. Kevin Hackey, former Compton School police officer. Kenneth Archer, Inglewood School police officer. Leslie Galden, Inglewood School police officer. Kenneth Cooper, San Bernardino officer, sheriff. Michael Moore, Moreno Valley fire captain, a right-hand man for Reggie Jr. Al Giddens. The following is a list of Inglewood officers who were working for Biggie the night of his murder. Rick Stewart, Kevin Lane, Cesar Herrera, Dorian Burton, Rick Swell, and Reggie Blaylock. Lieutenant David Chung of the NYPD told Ron Stallworth of the Utah Gang Intelligence Unit that Biggie and his entourage had connections with the Genovese crime family in New York. It is possible that video and or surveillance was conducted by the NYPD that might contain pictures of those involved in the Biggie murder, including Mac, Amir, and other law enforcement officers. Two investigators, Timothy Riley, Department of Treasury, Elissa's telephone number, and Detective Oldham, Major Case Squad of the NYPD, lists his telephone number and pager number, stated they were investigating both Biggie and Puffy for gun violations and possible murders and took pictures while in Los Angeles during the Biggie murder. Throughout the weekend, primetime has learned, Biggie Smalls' every move in Los Angeles was being tracked by an undercover team of agents from a federal task force here in New York investigating alleged ties between some of Biggie's business associates and the New York Genovese Mafia family. There you have it. NYPD was following Biggie and Puffy. It's here in black and white. You have the names, Timothy Riley, Detective Oldham. I think his first name is Bill Oldham. So again, another law enforcement agency in LA, NYPD in LA, just think about that. Now, Former LAPD Chief Bernard Parks admits in an interview that LAPD officers worked for death row as security officers and many of them were involved in crime. This is Parks. He admits this. 
some of our officers and working off duty begin, they were heavily involved in the whole hip hop culture, providing security uh, for many of the rappers that were involved with other kinds of crimes. These things began to reflect a completely different view of some of our personnel than we had before. To this day, Amir Muhammad has not been located or interviewed by the LAPD. Just think about that. David Mack has refused to be questioned by the LAPD regarding the Biggie Smalls murder. According to a CI, LAPD also never matched the ammunition found in Mack's garage during the search after the bank robbery with the bullets used to kill Biggie. ATF agent Pierce, an ammunition expert, stated the bullets that killed Biggie is called Gecko Ammunition and it's manufactured in Germany. The only two distributors of this ammunition in the entire United States is William Powell in Corona, California, gives his telephone number, and Frank Gurner in Cluster, New Jersey, gives his telephone number. It is unclear whether the 9mm Gecko ammunition has ever been compared to some of the 9mm ammunition found at Max Residence that is believed to also be gecko ammunition. This is where it gets nuts. They didn't check or do ballistics on ammunition at Max's house. It is alleged by several CIs that Amir Muhammad and David Mack were directly involved in the Biggie murder and that other police officers were aware and or present as well. Chief Parks' daughter, who was convicted of possession with intent to distribute cocaine in Las Vegas, was a known death row groupie. It is also widely known amongst LAPD officers. Mac and Perez were two of Chief Parks' personal recruits into the LAPD. One CI started linking LAPD officers with the Biggie killing. He was told to stop and not bring LAPD officers into the investigation. So this concludes this batch or the FBI documents. And as you could see, this is his narrative. But again, the narrative is shut down. The evidence is not pursued. Witnesses are not interviewed. Ballistics are not done. It's as clear as day in these documents. For more information, for video, for audio, for all the stuff that I'm talking about and more, go to www.patreon.com forward slash dossier and subscribe today.